Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review with a Romford recorder and Time 107.5. Enjoy. It's the local paper review, a chance to look through some of the stories that have been in the papers and joined today by Laura Burnett from the Ilford Recorder and Rafe Blackburn from the Ilford Recorder. We're representing the Ilford Recorder big styly in the room today and Ben Vaughan from Time 107.5 will be heading our way and joining us soon. So afternoon. Hello, you two. Hello. Hi. How was the journey here? It was wonderful. We uh, had a lovely journey on the number five bus from Barking, where our new office is. Oh, yeah, because you're in the new offices. We are in the new offices. How have you found the new office? Because we recently had a location change, changed our world like you wouldn't believe, uh, because now we get stared at from people. There's someone sat on that seat (laughs) that I was just about to point to. Someone sat right there. Uh, Do you uh, you get overlooked? Uh, No. No, 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 not at all. We're on the eighth floor, which is quite nice, actually. Although we, all the editorial has been pushed to the side looking at another massive tower and the sales team all get to stare at the lovely view of the London skyline. There's a surprise. Lovely. Uh, so Ben joins as well. Hello, Ben. How's it going? Hello there. Beautiful. Uh, how are you? Because, yeah, you've moved to a new place as well, I guess, in the same that we have. Yes. You're just slightly further away from the window because you're in news programming. <laughs> We're we're customer facing. We're about the celeb. With you know, we're meeting the people. Actually, we're customer facing because we're we're facing. You're them, actually facing. You, them, yeah. yeah, you've got your back to them. I have. Well, you know, I've not met them, have you? <laughs> um, so let's uh, go through some of the stories that's been in the news. Then, what have you got for us? Story number one, first of all. So first up, we will be looking at the front page of today's Romford Recorder. Uh, this is about the uh, recent uh, stabbings, which have been obviously well publicised. Um, is a message from uh, Borough Commander Chief Superintendent Jason Gwillem, who is reassuring residents that, you know, don't stop going to the pub. Mm. Obviously, these are, it's not suddenly there's a massive knife crime problem in Romford, but he's also issuing a very strong message to anyone who carries a knife that if they're caught, they will uh, face the full weight of the law they will get harsh uh, harsh penalties so he's kind of you know it's a double message reassuring people don't panic carry on about your daily lives but also uh sending that message and urging people if they do know anything if they have seen anything if they think someone that they know might be involved in in knife crime or might be carrying a knife for defense you know get in touch speak to the police sometimes the the reassuring message Almost feels like it has to be there because the consequences of not reassuring would be worse publicity. And just to take this away, because obviously there's a lot of emotional uh, connections to stories when there's knife crime. But what happened with the 2008 economic crash Um, in America? Straight away, they were told, keep spending. Don't worry. Just keep spending. And that was because that if people had the very natural response to uh, a threatening story by not going out, then there was a secondary problem of like a secondary economic collapse. So how do we know that he's not just saying keep going to pubs just because that's almost the message that has to be there and actually maybe statistically things are scarier and less safe now? I think, I mean, I think obviously everyone is shocked by these these incidents. Um, They both happened in pubs at pretty normal times of the day when everyone will go to pubs. But I think they're so kind of... They're, they're so isolated in in that way that if you, you can't just let it take over their lives. I mean, I don't think the the um, knife problem in Romford has suddenly kind of you know ma- massively gone up. I'm sure it's it's. I mean, we've had a problem in London for about the last uh, eight or ten years. Uh, one thing that uh, the borough commander does mention is they are going to push up stop and searches, which yeah. um, the uh, 
the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police said uh, when he was in Harold Hill about six months ago, and that uh, he explained that over the, the pressure of cases um, and there'd been sus- uh, suspicions that um, you know uh, black young black kids were getting targeted predominantly with stop and searches that they'd massively scaled them back and he he told me that he thinks they've gone too far now so I, I expect that will 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 should have an impact and the government have also changed the um uh, the, the laws so if you get caught with a knife twice then you're going to prison so i would think that people should be reassured by um th- those those steps okay. uh, and I, I i personally don't think that you know you feel well, just as safe going uh, going out yeah yeah i do i mean it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is shocking, and it, it and it is scary um, that these things have happened in somewhere. I mean, it's not you know at three o'clock in the morning down the yeah. back alley. It's where everyone everyone goes out to the pub and places. Um, yeah, places you know normal times. Yeah. Um, but I, I personally, I, I don't think there's 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 suddenly. Uh, I mean, they're, they're not they're not less, they're not connected incidents. I think they're two just isolated incidents that just happen to, to taken a place at a similar time. Okay, and Ben, uh, is this a, a crime or a perception of crime problem? I think probably the latter. I think the thing is with this kind of thing, as uh, Rafe was mentioning there, I think that we had two very high-profile incidents in a way, um, mm. shocking incidents that happened at, at you know times where you wouldn't expect them to happen in places where you wouldn't expect it to happen, um, and therefore everyone immediately thinks, oh knife crime is getting much worse in this area I don't think you can necessarily say that's the case I th- and, actually, I mean, wise, though. and I think that it, in London I mean overall knife crime is actually down so I, I, I think so in ha- the areas that we're talking forward. about though in, in the Romford area then how would so if someone thinks oh knife crime is getting worse yeah. um, that is because they've been through a long period of not hearing of knife crime then been through a recent period of hearing of it more why is that a false conclusion that's, that's the I only think, way I to use statistics you do hear of, of, of knife crime quite often but does it because not it does feel like you're quite here. often? But it happens at different places. Though these two incidents have happened, that's what I'm trying to say. I think that these two incidents are are more shocking because of the location of where they happened. So you think? But there is something more shocking about these stories. Then it just it just seems that if you're looking at just the evidence and not trying to second guess anything, these stats seem worrying. So why aren't why aren't people right to be worried? I think people have a right to be worried, but I think it's also the same as the terror threat that we're facing now. London is on a severe alert from, from a terrorist attack, um, but that doesn't mean that you don't go out to the pub. That doesn't mean that you don't go shopping. You, know, you have to find that balance of being wary, but also carrying on with your life. Yeah, that's exactly what Jason Gwillem actually, he likened it to the uh, terrorism reaction and I think that even though maybe what he's saying is quite obvious, saying, you know, don't, don't panic, it's... It, just like the, like Rafe said, you know, it's not that suddenly Romford or Havering's a no-go area. These mm. have just happened to have been in the same week. And even though it's an obvious thing to say, I think people do look to the police to kind of provide that reassurance. Like you said, if they didn't say it, then yeah. people might think, oh, wow, maybe there is. You know, maybe there suddenly is that our streets are overrun with gangs and we can't even step out the front door for fear yeah. of being stabbed. Like, this I- is... The problem is that people say don't panic in two instances. One is when you shouldn't panic, and one is when you should panic. And they're the two times when people say don't panic. And that's why it becomes a really difficult to read message, in a sense. I mean, I, I, what, 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 I, what I would say personally is that 
last year was not uh, was a, was quite a bad year in terms of uh, knife crimes. That I think it was the the highest number in 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 five years or so. But I think that is more a testament to the progress that has been made since. 2010, uh, sorry, 2008, 2009, when there really were a lot of young kids. Like it, it was happening in various places across London every other week or so. Um, and I think, in a way, the maybe in some ways it's our, our the media fault. These these are obviously very shocking incidents, and we have we reported them quite heavily. And I think, in a way, that that might be why people are getting more more concerned. Um, they they see this shock incident into the f- front page of the the Romford Recorder, um, and they they immediately think that there's this 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 huge problem. And I'm not saying it's knife crime. It, it was a worry after last year, but I don't think it's the, just around this time, the last few months, it's suddenly you know gone stratospheric. It's difficult to work with the stats, though, isn't it? Because what we're bound to notice in the next year is more people being caught carrying knives. Because we're increasing the number of stop and search to try and catch people carrying knives. So this will be another scary stat. But I th- that's good, though, because I, th- I think that one of the things... So we've been on, in the Ilford Recorder and also in the Romford Recorder, we've been covering the uh, stabbing in Winford Bridge. Um, and one of the messages that, uh, that the police wanted to put out was that... And, and other um, agencies as well wanted to put out is that to young people... And to their parents, if people get caught with knives, whether they're carrying them for their own protection, they'll get a criminal record and that's going to affect the rest of their life, even though they might have no intention of using it whatsoever. And that's sort of the best case scenario, really, mm. you know, without there even being any kind of attacks or injuries. We did a really tragic story. Uh, it was um, a stabbing, I think, at the end of la- at the end of 2014. But the details didn't come out until this, uh, the inquest into this guy in Ilford who had been carrying a knife for his own... Do you remember this? He'd been carrying a knife for his own protection and he, um, for whatever reason, got into an altercation with someone and he ended up s- stabbing himself hmm. in in he, the neck, basically. He was, a, he was, an, he was an, an old guy. He was in his early 50s and had had a few drinks and he'd been hearing things on the news and he'd been getting concerned about youth hanging around bus stops and he he was he'd been having a few drinks and he was going back into into his house and um uh a, a guy was coming out and and he was drunk and he shouted at the guy and the guy shouted back and so he pulled out this knife and in the kind of kerfuffle he ended up stabbing uh and injuring and then he ended up dying so yeah, that's the worst case scenario of carrying a knife. Yeah. The the best case scenario is you you don't get you, you you get caught by the police, you you get a criminal record. Like the the borough commander in Redbridge was saying, she was saying, don't just think about the short term. Uh, uh, you know, you might not, it might be tough to find a job. You might get kicked out of school. She was like, think about when you have kids. Say you want to take them on like a scout camp or become a football coach for them. There's no way you'll be able to do that either. So it's something that hangs over you for your entire life. Well, as you say, it was a, a story that we heard about from the London side of it for years now, and we're still hearing about it. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out more locally through the months and possibly, I say, rather pessimistically, years to come. Um, what's story number two on the way? Story number two is back to the Ilford Recorder. It's a story we've done uh, about, how can I say this, Um, about police CCTV appeals. Um, Are they good? Okay. Negative negative commentations. Hopefully people will know what we're talking about. We'll find out more soon. 
the local paper review. Uh, joined by uh, Laura Burnip and Rafe Blackman and Ben Vaughan, all talking about things that have been in the news over the last week. So, uh, what's story number two? Either one of you. <laughs> Fight for it. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's a slightly peculiar story, um, and it, it, it's basically the, on... I can't earlier this week, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, um, or it might be the end of last week actually, the police issued a, an, an appeal uh, where they put up a CCTV image and uh, the claim was that this this man uh, had allegedly um, sexually assaulted uh, a young girl. Uh, what usually, as a, as a paper, you know, you're, you're, you're supposed to, to publicise these things and with social media it becomes even easier to identify criminals. Um, so we put up the photo and put up the description and it quickly turned out from our, our Facebook uh, group comments coming up on it that uh, this the, the person that put a photo up was in fact uh, completely blind and a, a lot of people in the area knew him and uh, they and they they pointed this out um, so in this case this was actually very helpful to us we quickly got in we got in touch with the police he himself also he he went into a uh, Ilford police station with his um, his sister, and they managed to get the, the thing sorted out. But obviously, as a as, as a as a as a blind, so the, the appeal got taken down. Mm-hmm. And but so so sorry, it seems like a good story. It good seems news. like a good story. But obviously, as a there are some rather more unsavoury comments on Facebook when you put up a story of the nature of that with someone who was had allegedly sexually assaulted. A young girl, and um, he naturally is is slightly scared because he he doesn't even know he doesn't know what people have have said. He he doesn't even know the image that was put up, and he has to use public transport and kind of the general public's good faith to help him uh, getting around. And he is quite quite alarmed. I don't think he's been to. He works in in for a blind charity in South London. I don't think he's been to work in the past week. Um, and so I guess it's it's. For, for us, it's kind of quite a fine line. Where do you, you know, you can you can put up appeals. Obviously, in this case, it helped for a certain extent. People were able to identify as blind, but also his his face is now, you know, it's it's up on the internet, and people have been saying rather nasty things about him. So Ben, we'll bring you on this one because you, uh, as a trained radio broadcaster journalist, it's seven years you've got to do. Is it? Lo- it's longer than being a doctor, isn't it? It's something like that. <laughs> it's so not it's, seven years. In terms though. of <laughs> amount of education, you need to be uh, a radio uh, journalist. Yes. Uh, that's radio, radio journalist, then vet, then doctor, which is always weird, isn't it? That the vets take longer than doctors, um, or radio journalists, the or radio journalists. <laughs> but I mean, so with all of the laws and all the stuff that the that the you three of you would have learned through your proper education, all of those laws, they were all stuck to, weren't they? I mean, everything was followed. What else could you put in place to stop the problem side of this story happening? I think, but what we were discussing uh, before we came on air was the idea that uh, anonymity in this sort of case. Uh, might be in a way out of date with the event of social media because mm. before when you used to post a picture in the, in the newspaper um, as Laura said I think it would sort of today's news tomorrow's chip paper but with social media it can go viral and it, it lives on and therefore if you've got the wrong person um, then you know that could seriously mm. affect their life so therefore but then you need to put out the uh, picture to catch the culprits I suppose so it's a very tricky one in this case though if there was like the presumption of the anonymity would that have stopped this happening so you would not have been allowed to put it on your facebook or in your paper well they wouldn't the whole point was that they were putting out the cctv to appeal for um people for information for this person to contact them 
which they obviously couldn't do without putting the picture out because if they just put a description it, it wouldn't have resonated with everyone and it and it's almost there must be so many times when through you know we talked before about kind of the the evils of of social media and you know is it good or bad and and in a lot of appeals that the police put out i'm certain that it helps them so much to track down actual criminals and um get justice for victims of crime obviously this is a slightly unusual situation so it, it should be a good story, though. You've cleared, in, in a sense, what has happened is uh, this story, the narrative arc here is that uh, wrongly accused, not even accused, but wrongly brought into the frame of suspicion, man gets name cleared. That's, that's what's happened. But in, the, in this case, but it doesn't always happen. But the problem is the in people on the cases, internet. The, the problem is people who think, when we're back to people who have this sense in their heads that being is, vengeful is something they can do. With social media, when you put an appeal out like that and you put the you know, picture of the, the, uh, the suspect, um, in a way... You're kind of, it's sort of uh, guilty until proving innocent these days, yeah, isn't it? Guilty by association. No, yeah. Exactly, um, and I think that that's kind of the, I suppose, the legal issue that you could could consider. Well, the EU gives them the right to get the link taken down from Google. That was a story last year when uh, you can now get things taken out of, some MPs have used that law probably more than your innocently and wrongly accused people. Um, well, we so one one thing that that we wondered with this, obviously. I think the appeal came in last Friday. It went up on Facebook very quickly. People were saying, we know this guy. He's blind. He uses, you know, we know him from the bus. He's really nice, etc." Now, this alleged incident took place in September. We wondered why it took four months for this appeal to come out. How could that information, if he was so easy for people, for people to know and so easy for people to say, yeah, yeah, I know that guy. It's this guy. Um, we don't really understand why the appeal kind of had to be put out, if mm. that makes sense. We, we would, I mean, I imagine that a few of the um, PCs and officers who work in Ilford Police Station would probably recognise him, I would I would imagine. Um, and that, yeah, that is the, the confusing thing, that it's taken a while for the appeal to come out, but it appears in a way, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to criticize the police, I imagine they're quite under, understaffed and they they are taking on a lot of casework. But it feels like they've they've had they've just put this out quite quickly. They've got the CCTV, they've got the allegation. The question is then why why it's taken so long between that period. What what you know what's been going on over that time? I'm not entirely sure. One thing I would like to quickly add though is that while we're talking about this, the gentleman in question did actually say, you know, I'm I'm glad the police didn't investigate this. I, I wouldn't have wanted them to not investigate it. It, I'm glad they put that out. Yeah. In the end, it managed to get resolved. So he, he isn't. While he is a bit scared and a bit a bit worried, he's. he's I don't think he's. He didn't, he didn't criticise the police for what they did. So I mean, I think Surely he comes no out with a lot of respect. No one's done anything wrong here. The police, the newspapers, the, anyone. No one's done anything wrong apart from the web idiots who then think that being vengeful is the right that they have. Take the internet away from them. Boom. Trolls banned. Simple as. Have I not just solved all the problems? That that would be very nice. <laughs> they are our readers, and we do encourage what? people to share to share, to share their to share their opinions on on stories. But no, seriously, I think it it just it raises another another issue. Really, when you're commenting on something like this, did, I mean, do people jump to conclusions with things like this? Perhaps I, I would say I think maybe on 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 Facebook and Twitter, people often look at the headline and then post their comment underneath. I, 
think it's always yeah. advisable to read the whole story because things are never as simple as just just one headline. Yeah, often people point. don't, do they? And, when, and on Twitter, you have so few characters to use, don't you? You can't yeah. tell the whole story sometimes. So you see a picture, you see police appealing for, for a man over da-da-da, and you immediately think, oh, that's the guy. Yeah. That's exactly Actually, what's they, wrong they, with the world. They right just there. want to speak yeah. to him. Okay, well, another depressing one. Um, the story <laughs> number three. Give us a little tease as what, what we're heading towards. Story number three is a much happier story um, about a trip down memory lane for a nice uh, cold drink. <laughs> it's um, it's, it's sorry, I'll, 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 I'll quickly do this because this was my story. It's um, a, uh, a care home in Chigwell have just installed a, a pub for their residents who mainly suffer okay. with dementia. So, yeah, there's this, the science behind that. We'll find out more soon. This is the local paper review where we're going through some of the local stories. Uh, joined by Laura Burnip, uh, we've got uh, Rafe Blackman. First time here as well, actually. Rafe, hello, welcome to the. Thank you very much for group, having me. The gang, the uh, that's all I can think of in terms of words <laughs> that roughly mean the same. The press um, gang. The press. Ah, oh, <laughs> great TV show. Yeah. And also, Buffy was a good TV show. <laughs> we're off topic. And Ben Vaughan joined. Yeah, oh, I spent last night watching the musical episode of Buffy. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around at all the faces. Anyone here a Buffy fan? No. <laughs> I think I'm slightly too young. Welcome to the world of being wrong. All of you. <laughs> all of you. Best musical ever. It's called Once More With Feeling, season musical. six. Do you not know that there's a musical episode of Buffy? No, I didn't know that. Right, so here's what happened. They, I, we don't have time, but basically <laughs> Buffy dies twice. She gets brought back for the, th- you know, she's alive again the third time. And then there's an enchantment that happens in Sunnydale. They all start um, expressing their emotions through song and dance. Mm-hmm. It and sounds it's, fantastic. It's a great episode. Some serious spoilers, it's, though. It's, I'm sure there will be some people sitting at home, but have I've been see is series it, one is it on Buffy. Netflix? Probably, I don't know. It uh, came out in 2002, that episode, so you're not too young. Oh, I'm not too young for uh, that. What thing. was the question there, Ben? Does Angel feature? Angel's left by then. I oh, think right. by then he was having his own spin-off. Uh, I'll leave it then. Is Angel, is that David, what's his name? Berenaz, or whatever his name is. Some, yeah, Berenaz. I was, I was I yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I can never pronounce it. You're too young to remember Angel, are you, Laura? No. I was, I was always a Dawson's Creek fan, so I wasn't. Why did we even get you in? Why, did, why was this not spotted in screening? <laughs> How are we on air at the same time? Dawson's Creek, <laughs> modern classic. Um, so we're talking about what well, both excellent things on TV and stories that have been in the newspapers. Before we get to story number three, this is where I like to do the uh, the little chart. What page am I on in the Romford Recorder? My little column where I'm talking about materialism. I suppose this week. Uh, what page am I on? Anyone? You're on page 10. Get in! Steve <laughs> for the page 10 win. Yeah. What's uh, your record? What's the furthest forward you've been I think so it was like six. I did a six. You I think? Know, you definitely know. I definitely know. <laughs> I, I've been on page six uh, three times. And then since then, I think I, I was 14 or something was one of the lowest ones. Mm. If it's lower than a 14, I don't even pay attention. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm, not, I'm not just about the positioning. Mainly about the positioning. But um, buy a coffee, they're on for recording, you can read the column. So what's story number three? This is, uh, so to, on, a, on a much nicer note than the other two um, stories, uh, it's uh, one that I, I myself wrote, a bit of self-publication there. Um, Don't you I, hate people who pl- plug their own work? <laughs> page 10, run for a quarter. Race call. is on page three, so... Oh. <laughs> um, it's a, a care home in... Um, in Chigwell, um, Cheryl House, and um, we do quite a, f- a 
we speak to them quite a lot and because they're, they're always doing something for their residents and um, after two months of hard work they finally opened uh, up an in-house pub um, for uh, the dementia sufferers that um, stay there so it's got a pool table it's got a bar and a, the, the theory behind it is that um, you know, bringing in surroundings that um, they're familiar with, that remind them of uh, when they were younger. It, it just relaxes them, uh, makes the residents feel happier, and generally contributes to their their their, their the rest of their, their lives. And um, it's much better than just you know, I think they say sitting around just in a normal room. Um, obviously, the, everyone likes the pub, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, they they do have uh, monthly pub visits, but not everyone can go. So this way, everyone in the home can relax and play a game of pool, have a drink. That's brilliant. Do they have to get licensed for it or anything? How, how much of an actual pub is it? We're I, not entirely sure. <laughs> I imagine because it's at home, it's the same as if you have a little pretend bar in your own house I think it's probably I don't think they're selling drinks are they I don't think you can sort of walk off the street and, and order a pint but so I don't think I don't think they need licensing I mean, that would have been my first question <laughs> if I was writing this I would have, uh, I'd have gone undercover <laughs> <laughs> no it's a really really lovely story it's really great as Rafe was saying you know, they do loads of um, kind of innovative things there mm. so it's yeah. another another uh, heartwarming thing to see. Got a lovely picture of them. All the uh, well, not all the residents, but some of the residents enjoying a enjoying a drink and playing pool. And and why not? You know, you think of you think of uh, well, I I you know I think of care homes. I think it's probably very quiet, very serene. Maybe a bit of knitting, maybe watching TV. But this, you know, why should it be like that? Why not have something like this? That's that's fun and and as yeah. Ray said, you know, there's there's a there's a bit of extra information in the story about some of the other schemes that have that have happened in other parts of the country. Uh, in, in, in in Wales during the Rugby World Cup, in um, this was in a hotel a hotel ward um, for elderly patients. They actually they set up a pub in there, although unsurprisingly they weren't allowed to have a drink in there. In, so in the hospital, it's in a hospital ward. They weren't allowed to have a drink there, but they set it up as a pub and they all got to watch the rugby. Um, and I think they it, it was really enjoyable. And actually on Dragons Den, two two or three years ago, uh, a guy. His his idea was selling these kind of pods, which you could install in people's houses, which would be like a kind of nineteen fifties uh, dance hall and nineteen fifties cinema. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's 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 still it's still very popular. So just bring back familiar surroundings, um, that kind of thing. It, it really works. There's. Um I, I, I don't I probably go on about this too much um, on, on this show but with my mum being in a care home she's got Alzheimer's and um, she's at the there's two okay two parts of this one would be I've seen some of the fun it's not a quiet place when I, I visit up there it's like every couple of weeks or at least once a month I'm up there and normally they have like musical acts on one of the care home people did ask me if I'd want to do some stand up there for free and I said no because this, <laughs> what could you imagine that as a gig but um, when I was up there recently they, they were a singer in who was doing uh, like songs that they remember and my mum can't speak anymore because it's that advanced but she can still sing along to some of the words from songs that she knows which is both a mixture of weird and, and wonderful how the brain works and terrifying about this disease and um, the, the woman who was singing she was singing happy birthday sweet 16 but there was a woman in there called Maureen who had a birthday did happy birthday sweet Maureen mm. loved it brilliant um, but there is yeah it's nice that there are these these it's amazing that music and it's not just the familiarity thing there's something about the brain can connect on a subconscious level and there was some research I've read loads of this stuff recently about how um, the emotional 
residues the wrong word like residual emotional effect stays with the, the people who suffer from Alzheimer's so you don't oh, think that yeah you, you can't see a sign that they know what you're saying but if you said positive things to them they can test their hormone levels and it's like they have a residual memory of a nice event so something like this will stay with them even if you think they're not in a position where they can pay attention no it's um yeah it's a no it's a, it's a really lovely story and um i I'm, i imagine if there are there are people who either are in are in, are in care homes or they have family in care homes i'm sure they'll all be pushing to get a pub installed in there yes because <laughs> i mean ben we, you must have reported the bad side of the care home stories that's yeah, one of those well, stories did, uh, that comes a, around. a Vaughan report still online um into uh, plugging your own work again <laughs> page 10 of the romford recorder what? into care homes in the area the good the bad and the ugly um, and uh, th- I went to one. And w- I actually went to a, a sing-along in a, in a dementia unit um, where they had uh, some professional singers uh, singing the classics. And I uh, was speaking to all the nurses and everything, and it's amazing how, you know, they don't remember what they had for breakfast that day, mm. but they remember every lyric to all of the songs that they grew up with still. Yeah. And it's just, it, was, it was a really, really good atmosphere. And I remember one point, uh, one of the singers said, and our next song is Patsy Cline, Crazy. And one woman goes... Oh, I hate that song. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly why I would not do stand-up in those places. They are some tough crowds. It's a tough crowd. It is, yeah. It it is, but yeah, it was a really, really good atmosphere, and it just brings back memories. I suppose just like sort of memorabilia from the pub would as well, Mm. Um, and that whole idea of you know sitting in the pub with your friends. You remember that, Um, and so I think it's yeah, it's a great story. Nice, yeah, nice to end with a positive. I mean, it's one of those bittersweet positives, isn't it? It's we need as a nation to be spending way more money sorting out. We've done really well. We've stopped most diseases killing our bodies, and now we've stupidly let ourselves in a situation where so many of us, our minds are being affected because we live so long. We need to get on and spend some money and and deal with it, and find some sort of a prevention because it's not going to be a cure, is it? But. Uh, so there we go. That's uh, the uh, local paper review. Thank you very much for joining me. There'll be a podcast of this online, ronforrecorder.co.uk, I believe. Uh, what's coming up big? Because you're both from the Ilford Recorder, so you can give us some inside scoop in the Ilford direction. What's coming up big next week? Uh, next week. Uh, so we we we've had uh, we've got a couple of a couple of good stories. Um, you, don't have to give, you don't have to <laughs> give away the golden goose. We've got loads of good goose, stories. Yeah. We've got hundreds of good stories. Got a good Sudoku in there. I don't think we have, we that could be something that could be a new innovation. <laughs> I'm sure Chris will be interested in Sudoku. Yeah, uh, helps with Alzheimer's apparently. So might well, yeah. My mum and dad basically just did those puzzles oh, did for um, for about thirty years, and they've both now got different forms of dementia. So I mean, that's not a good example of a statistical analysis. A sample of two, <laughs> I would not necessarily put all of your uh, hopes in just doing crosswords. Um, so yeah, it'll be a podcast up online. Thank you very much for joining me and speak to you soon. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for downloading the podcast of the local paper review. Listen to the next one live Friday, 2pm on Time 107.5.